0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I can no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. He's just going to go the distance. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: Well, we've got some tough calls this week, don't we? Are we starting Tua against the Jets? Are we starting Patrick Mahomes against the Patriots? Uh, Are we starting James Conner against the 49ers? We'll talk about some of these Week 15 tough calls, and we'll look ahead to the Thursday night game. Preview that. We've got the Fantasy Cops coming on today. That'll be fun. Everybody's got these You know, A lot of people have the same issue. It's inactive commissioner or inactive managers and lineups that are screwing up who gets in the playoffs and things like that. So we'll try to sort out that mess. Good morning, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Who's feeling great today? Yeah. Hey,
2: wow, y'all. looks like you guys are, are owning it.
0: Yeah. i got a trivia segment for you guys. I'm excited about it. We can start with it. Do you want to start with the trivia? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. That'll get us fired up. Let's go
0: trivia. Random trivia. Uh, I have one random trivia question about each position. Josh Allen is QB1 per game. He's averaging 27 points per game in six point per passing touchdown leagues. When was the last time the number one quarterback averaged fewer than 27 points per game? Whoever's closest wins?
3: Does to give you the year or the player. Either one. Matt Ryan. No, it's a great call. Yeah, it's a good call. No, Not okay, a, yeah. Um, I'll say,
0: how about the year? Try the year. When was the last time the number one quarterback was was worse than
3: this on a per game basis? What's the number again? 27 27? points. Um, 2019, Heath, go, uh, give me a year, 2018,
2: <laughs> Dave. I feel like you're tricking us, and it's last year.
0: <laughs> it's 2014. It was Andrew Luck. This is. Brilliant.
3: I was thinking like pre-COVID when they did all the holding calls and changed the rules.
0: Yeah, and I was surprised. I mean, it's really been, uh, in some ways, a down year for quarterbacks. In some ways, a pretty good year for quarterbacks. You know, you got like uh, good emerging quarterbacks. But all
3: right, it's a terrible year for quarterbacks.
0: It's a good year. It, like it was not a bad year to stream quarterbacks. It was a great
4: year for waiting on quarterback and not drafting one early. I was That's looking at it last is. night, like two is like QB 13 or 14 per game now. And he's still averaging more than 20 points per game. Right. right. Um, we got plenty of depth at the position we've got. Uh, it's been really bad for the guys we drafted early.
0: Yeah. Last year was a bad streaming year. All right. Uh, here's a, here's a, a running back random trivia question. Four of the top five running backs in PPR points per game were drafted outside the top 60. According to Fantasy Pros consensus PPR uh, ADP, name them four of the top five running backs in PPR points per game were drafted outside the Raheem top Moster. sixty. Yeah,
3: Moser. Moser.
2: Moser. Mostert, Achan. Kyron Williams. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um,
3: points per game. Rashad White.
2: Oh, no. uh,
3: good guess, uh, but no.
2: Oh, commit was
0: Kamara not Kimara, in Kimara. there? He,
2: he was, was like 60,
0: He was like sixty-one. Unbelievable. And I tried to go back and I didn't go back that far, but I feel like this might be the first time that two running backs on the same team could finish top five in PPR points per game. The the one that came to mind was Ingram and Kamara, but they were top seven. Uh, Amazing. H.N. and Mostert are top five (laughs) per game. Easier when one of them misses a lot of time, right? All right. Uh, If you
4: talk to – I was talking to some Dolphins fans yesterday, and they would tell you that's probably not going to happen because they're never going to score points or win games again. (laughs) Yeah. Despondent Dolphins fans.
3: Uh, It's funny to uh, be be more excited about the Giants than the Dolphins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, got a better quarterback. What can you say? Uh, (laughs) Who has the second – yeah, you got the – I love the celebration. Uh, Who has the second most targets among wide receivers? but is 13th in yards and 27th in touchdowns?
3: Second most targets among wide receivers for the season.
0: Yeah, uh, 13th in yards, 27th in touchdowns. Is it Keenan Allen? It's not Keenan Allen. It's Saphon not Stephon Diggs. D- no. Michael Pittman. It is Michael Pittman. Yes, Michael Pittman. Crazy year for him. Ton of targets. All right, and then this one, which division? Future hey, Chief. Anybody, <laughs> any anybody. I'll take anybody. Uh, which division has three of the top six tight ends in PPR?
2: AFC, NFC West. Incorrect. No, they only have two. Um,
0: Sorry, delayed. Incor- incorrect. NFC North. Oh. NFC North. Schaefer, do it. Who are they? Hawkinson, LaPorta, Komet. Yeah, Komet, tight end six, and I think he's tight end seven per game. Well, there's your random trivia. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Check out the show. So so that was basically the the fantasy feud
2: segment that you decided you didn't want to have as a game show. Yeah. So you called it random trivia. Got it.
0: Yeah, it was quick, though, you know.
2: It was. was It was good. Interesting.
0: Get people's attention. Uh, You watch and you listen to the pod, you've got your best bets, and now it's time to follow your action. The best way to do that is on the CBS Sports app. It features lightning-fast live scoring for all major sports. You can check your favorite teams or just individual games you have an interest in with the click of a button. It's the way I get my breaking news. I watch live sports on the CBS Sports app, and now, uh, you know, it's just... The best time with all these sports going on, this is the time to have the CBS Sports app. And it's totally free if you have an iPhone or an Android. And the easiest way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters. You won't regret it. Check out the CBS Sports app. News and notes. Justin Herbert is out for the season. They've got the Raiders, the Bills, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. Nick Mullins is going to start for the Vikings. Um, Keenan Allen has not been practicing this week. I feel like he's going to play. You guys feel like he's going to play?
2: We feel like he's going to play. I hope he does.
0: And Josh Palmer is back. So let's combine news item number one with news item number three. A good producer, I'm talking about myself here, would have put those back-to-back in the notes. But, are you uh, sure you're
2: talking about yourself and not
0: JPT. Yeah, I I have to do the, the notes here. Um, sure, I'm okay. trying to throw anyone under the bus, throwing myself under the uh, bus. Uh, right. Yeah, is, do you guys consider Keenan Allen a, a must-start player going forward, or, or are we going to wait and see what happens this week?
3: He's definitely a must-start guy in three-receiver leagues. There's no doubt about it. I think in two-receiver leagues, for the most part, you're starting him, you know, just with the hope that Easton Stick continues to um, target him the way that Justin Herbert had targeted him. It's more of an offensive thing, and just the quality of targets will be a little bit worse. But, look, it's the Raiders. You know they allow a lot of underneath throws. It's it's very difficult to have a lot of a lot better options than Keenan Allen. <laughs>
4: I'd view him as a must start this week, and that's subject to change depending on how this week goes.
0: Heath, do you think Easton will stick? Uh,
3: For the rest of the season, yes. Okay. I I don't know, but it took the Vikings a little bit. They were Mullins over their (laughs) decision. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Josh Jacobs mispractice. So I think they
3: used used to have to ponder their quarterback, but not anymore.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Did you get that from one of your cousins? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Josh Jacobs mispractice. And uh, we're probably not expecting him at this point. Tyreek Hill is day-to-day. Miami center Connor Williams is out for the season with a torn ACL. I think at one point they had four backup linemen in last week. They are super beat up. They could get Teron Armstead back this week. Um, Rob Hunt, another one of their injured linemen, has less of a chance to play this week. So Here two comes in- Quentin Williams.
4: Not, not a bad schedule to have coming up with, with four offensive linemen to hurt. Yeah, the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens defensive lines. Yikes.
0: They also have a starting safety Deshaun Elliott in the concussion protocol for the Dolphins. Earn uh,
3: your money, Mike McDaniel.
0: Yeah. Najee Harris missed practice. TJ Watt is in the concussion protocol. Both those guys are on the same team, and they're playing the Colts on Saturday on the road. And Dan- That's a good point to bring up, that there's three games Saturday. There are. Yeah. Um, I I know two of them. I think I know all of them. You got the Lions and the Broncos, Colts, Steelers, and the other one is the Vikings game?
2: Yep. vikings Bengals,
0: vikings Bengals. yeah. And Dan Campbell says he wants to get Jamison Williams more involved. Does that matter at all for anyone?
4: I thought you maybe just didn't delete that from 18 months ago.
0: (laughs) Uh, No. All right, let's go to our tough calls here. Tua at the Jets. No, home against the Jets. And he's been better at home this year for sure. If Tyreek Hill doesn't play, Heath, is this even a tough call or is he just a a sit?
4: If Tyreek Hill doesn't play, then he's a sit for me. I'm, I'm ranking it. I don't know how Dave and Jamie are viewing this, but I'm ranking it as if Tyreek is going to play, but not quite be Tyreek. Which puts Tua just outside of my top 12 quarterbacks. If we got a full practice in from Tyreek and everybody said he's fine, then I'd probably have Tua just inside of my top 12 quarterbacks. But it's it's kind of a messy situation because they played this team a month ago, or less than, and put up more than 30 points. The offense did great. Tyreek was great. Water was great. And Tua had nine fantasy points. Um, and the Jets have been fantastic against quarterbacks this season. The way I started my quarterback preview was the number 14 quarterback in points per game is facing the defense that allows the third fewest quarterback points to quarterbacks. It seems like an easy call. You sit that guy.
3: Since he's become the the full time guy for the Dolphins, and you know, taking away the Brian Flores in and out, you know, scenario that he dealt with. His last three games against the Jets, he's got five touchdowns, six turnovers, uh, one game over two hundred and fifty passing yards. The high was two seventy-three. So he just doesn't do well against this team to begin with. So Robert Sala has his number. And so you're you're looking at a beat up offensive line, a defense that's playing great. They're all of a sudden rejuvenated, feeling like they may have a shot to make the playoffs, which seems ridiculous, but they're they're still mathematically alive in terms of Jets. And the Dolphins are reeling a little bit right now, so I don't think it's a slam dunk that you're starting to Like if it sucks that he probably got you here, you know, last week's game notwithstanding. But you know, for the most part, he's been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks this season. And now you may have to bench him. Now the question is, is like, do you bench him for? Jake Browning or Joe Flacco or any of these guys, like I wouldn't do that. But if you have clearly Purdy or fields or any of these other guys that are staff or staff, yeah, right. Stafford, Stafford. Yeah, he uh, yeah. and and I will say this, if Geno Smith plays, I played Geno Smith over him too. Um, <laughs> any of those guys I think are in a better spot than, than two of this week.
4: And, and I'll go Browning over him. If Tyreek's out.
3: Oh yeah. Division, the, the, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Tyreek's out. It's a different story
3: for what um, it's whatever. worth. Tyreek looked like Tyreek in the fourth quarter. I mean, you saw the game. You saw yeah. those big plays that he had. Well, not I thought necessarily because he was on the sidelines was not something that you see. Like the, their last drive, he wasn't on the field for the start of the drive. Like he, he's. I don't think he was able to cut as much yes. as he would. You know, straight line speed was not an issue for him. It right, was, it was the cut. That's
2: fair. That that was straight the line thing. speed is is good enough. Not that I'm making the case for Tua, but he
0: right. he was a completely yeah. a decoy. All right. Well. Let, uh, okay. Uh, let's go on to Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Um, against Denver, who now is, what, eight games in a row, nine games in a row with uh, nine, nine games in, in a row, no a quarterback, has scored, fantasy points. Yeah, those quarterback has scored 20 points in nine straight games. That includes Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes twice, Josh Dobbs when he was red hot, CJ Stroud, and Justin Herbert. Yes, he left early. Justin Herbert threw 17 passes for 96 yards and scored one fantasy point against the Broncos. I mean, how could I even make the case to start Jared Goff at this point? Yeah, no
2: can't do it. And his offensive line's in bad shape as well. And this Broncos secondary's been playing great. The pass rush has been good. I know Nick Bonito's down. We'll see what that does to them, but I still think they're going to be able to get after Goff. And this is a matchup tailor-made for the Lions' run game because the one thing that the Denver Broncos have not been able to fix all year is their run defense. So I can very easily see them say, you know what? Let's get back to basics. We still have our starting tackles. Um, One of our guards is playing pretty well. Let's lean on them. Let's lean on Gibbs and Montgomery. They started running the ball well a little too late in the game against Chicago. If they had turned to the run a little bit sooner, I think that they would have had a shot to compete in that game. And I think that's what they're going to do against Denver. I mean,
4: the only thing that makes it difficult is that Jared Goff, you see this 19 fantasy points per game. He has been a massively different quarterback indoors versus outdoors, like nine fantasy points per game different. It has the, the few road games he's had that are in domes. He's even been okay. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think golf's for me, golf's right there in the two conversation right now.
0: All right, what about Mahomes? Is Mahomes ahead of these guys? He's at New England. Um, he he really hasn't had a big game. And well, week twelve he scored about twenty five points. That was pretty good at Las Vegas. New England is sixth best against quarterbacks. And here's kind of a weird angle: Mahomes is averaging the second most. Yak per completion. Yards after the catch per completion. Uh well behind number one Brock Purdy. The 49ers lead that category basically every year. But Mahomes is very low ADOC guy with a lot of yards after catch. The Patriots give up the third fewest yards per yards after catch per reception. So they're very good at at eliminating that. Um, and I, I went back, I kind of looked like, is there a correlation? Does he do well against teams that struggle in that? And that kind of is, actually. His best games have, for the most part, come against teams that struggle in that in that area. Uh, but also, like, he's just not getting it done for fantasy purposes here. So is Patrick Mahomes a tough call for you this week?
2: Less of a tough call than Tua and Goff. I don't think Goff's that tough of a call. I'm sitting him. Uh, but uh, my fir- my first question is this when it comes to – Mahomes. If the touchdown had counted last week, would we even be having this conversation? He would have had 22.6 he points. Question.
0: He wouldn't have gotten that touchdown.
3: Nope. Yeah, he would have. No, it doesn't. He doesn't get credit for the touchdown. No, it's I it's talked to our people about it.
2: They said he would have. Oh,
3: no, it's a run by Tony. It's a, it's, he gets the completion to Kelsey. Right. And then the lateral goes to Tony and Tony gets, Tony gets a rushing touchdown.
2: Okay. So if, then if I'm mistaken, then he still would have been a bad game. If he had thrown the ball, to Kelsey and Kelsey had run in for a touchdown, obviously. But the the question is, even if he had scored twenty two point six, I think there would still be some trepidation about whether or not Mahomes has the sky high upside. And this is a tough matchup. You know, I, I know that they the Sealer or the the Steelers made the Patriots defense uh, look amazing last week, but I still think the Patriots defense is just good overall. Um, I've got the FOMO with Mahomes. I'm going to rank him as a top ten quarterback.
3: Oh, he's still top 10, but I I mean, look, Purdy's easy at this point. You're starting him over Mahomes. Um, I'm starting Stafford over him this week. That's no question for me. Um, I would start Fields over him this week, just with the upside of what Fields has brought and and should continue to bring Even a tough matchup against the Browns who have given up some big games as quarterbacks the last two weeks. And then it comes down to if Christian Watson plays, I might go with Jordan Love over Mahomes. And I'm almost there with Trevor Lawrence as well. Oh, wow.
2: They're all in that group. I've yeah. got Mahomes, Fields, Lawrence, seven, eight, nine in my rankings,
3: mm. and, and that was just
0: the initial look. Why was six afraid of seven, Dave? Why seven, eight, nine?
3: Because seven heard your humor.
0: You never heard that joke. Uh, of course, A lot. what? You you've heard their numbers.
3: Joke. How could they be afraid? <laughs> okay. of
0: uh Heath. Unless you have anything else to say about Mahomes, we we'll move on. Oh. No, I've got him six, so it's right in that same range. All right, six to eight for everyone here for Patrick Mahomes. Must not be a great quarterback week, I guess. Um, well, that's
4: where he—he's seven for the year. So we're pretty much just ranking him where he's been.
0: He's eight for the per year. game. Uh, it,
4: yes, because of Joe, Joe Flacco has passed him with his two games.
0: Oh, is did right? I not include? Did I not re- eliminate Flacco? All right, then he might be seventh per game. Uh, All right, Uh, then uh, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some running backs here, including Austin Eckler. Actually, you know, maybe we'll skip Eckler since we're going to talk about him in a little bit with the
1: Thursday night preview.
0: So it'll be James Conner and Javante Williams and then wide receivers and a tight end. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
0: Okay, let's go to DeAndre Swift. This guy is really slumping. Single-digit PPR fantasy points in four of his last five games and two straight games with four points. 3.9 at Dallas, four points against San Francisco. I mean, that is, like, hard to believe. Is he a tough call uh, this week at Seattle on Monday night? They have been a pretty easy matchup. Fifth most fantasy points allowed to running backs, but he's really in a rut uh, Jamie, is DeAndre Swift a tough call for you?
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, just based on how he's been playing, this offensive line has not been, you know, the same to what it was earlier this year and certainly what it was last year. The the biggest concern is, and I think we've kind of seen this a little bit, as they've started to fall behind in games, he just hasn't been as productive. Now he did have the six targets against San Francisco in that loss, but it felt like he was just not involved to the same level, and certainly he wasn't catching the ball despite the six targets. So they said last week they have to get back to the run. It really was a bad game to go that route because of how the expected game flow would go. you know, I think for mo- most of us viewing it, you know thought that Dallas would be able to score on them, and they did. And then once they got behind, why would they try and run? Um, but this feels like a good bounce back spot. you know, I think this in Philadelphia, I feel a lot more you know confident in it. So, like, I have uh, Swift in one league, and, and the decision that I'm struggling with is Swift versus Zach Moss, who's obviously been struggling as well. And so, matchup to me favors Swift, but you know that Moss is getting his touches. So, right now, I have Moss ahead of Swift, but they're very, very close. Um, I, I, w- I would not be opposed to starting Swift if you don't have a better option. Like, you know, Ty Chandler versus Swift is an easy conversation to have. You know, you can see both sides of it. Um, Jerome Ford versus DeAndre Swift, that's a, you know, another tough call. Um, and that's kind of where he is, you know, went from a, 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 slam dunk top 10 guy to, uh, you know, now a borderline number two guy, uh, maybe closer just to a flex.
4: But, but I will say if, if he can be good this week, then he's going to go back to a slam dunk, not top 10 guy. I think in the semifinals and the championship, his schedule gets a lot better after this week, I believe it's the Giants oh, and, and, I, and then the Cardinals I think
3: to your point, Heath, about what you said. If he can be good this week, he could be great this week just right. because the matchup is so favorable. So it's a hard guy to get away from knowing that Seattle has been as bad as they have.
2: Does anybody think the Seahawks compete with absolutely. Philly or maybe even like lead Philly in the game cuz that's what I think it'll take for Swift to deliver another dud. Uh not if Yeah, lock, absolutely. I Me mean,
0: Philly's struggling right now. Yeah. I would rather, you know, for Geno, if they had Geno, I'd feel more confident. I'll say this about Seattle. They give up a lot of reception. They give up a lot of passing game, you know, production to running backs. And I went back, I looked at Swift in those matchups against teams that struggle against pass-catching running backs, and it has not made a single difference. It's not yeah. like he takes advantage of those matchups. If Jalen Hurts wants to throw it to him, he will. But most of the times, he just doesn't.
3: So, well, I mean, the, the problem is, is just, you know, we, we've said this for the last couple of weeks. He's not going to get goal line opportunities. Well, I mean, the whole season, He's not going to get goal line opportunities because of the tush push. He's not going to be heavily involved in the passing game. You just said it, Adam. You know, it's not like it's a matchup yeah. thing or yeah. a, a game script thing. So, there he could run for, you know, 100 yards and get you 10 points, and that's all you're looking at.
2: Right. He has three games this year with six or more targets. It was against the Niners. It was against the Rams and against the Jets. These are teams with good defensive fronts that can rush the quarterback. Maybe they use him in those types of situations. This week is not one of those situations.
0: Right. But, I mean, look at the Cowboys games. He didn't do it against the Cowboys, and they also have.
2: didn't have a single target against the right. Cowboys.
0: All right. Uh, moving on have, to Javon. Two targets
2: targeted two games against Dallas all year.
0: Javante Williams at Detroit. And if you follow this podcast, you know what you're doing here. You you know that Detroit, they've had a great run defense all year. What makes this, to me anyway, a little bit difficult for Javante is that last week was the first week. This is obviously a very small sample size. First week without defensive tackle Lee McNeil, and they gave up 4.55 yards per carry to Deontay Foreman. They might, and they're slumping a little bit against the run, a little bit. Um, They might, that might be a big difference for them, uh, not having their, Arguably, their best run stuff are on the defensive line. And here's Javante Williams, who typically gets 17 or more carries. So, Heath, is this a tough call for you, Javante at the Lions?
4: He is a tough call. I do have him just ahead of Swift right now. I like the fact that he's caught three passes in each of his last three games. I like the fact that you're seeing somewhere in that 17 carry range most of the time and I think maybe a bigger thing is just that that Denver pass defense has been so good that they're playing competitive games. So he's a low end number two running back. I think it's very possible that you could have two guys that you would rather start over him. It's also very possible that you've got somebody like James Connor or for me, like DeAndre Swift that you don't want to start.
2: Okay, he's pretty safe for 70 total yards as a floor. I think that he'll be somewhere between 70 and 90 against the Lions. I do buy into the Lions' run defense being worse without McNeil. I believe in Javante being the lead running back for the Broncos, but there is three ways, last week each of their running backs had at least 20% of the snaps. And Javante works the goal line most of the time. Uh, the touchdown is the one thing that makes him a little bit hard to trust. Can he get that score? Yeah. And he's only scored in three games this year. So oh, one, I, rushing. one rushing. That's I'm going to have him as a, as a as a number two running back, but closer to a low end. I'd rather start Swift.
0: All right. Next up is James Connor, Jamie. He's got San Francisco. Uh, is he the worst, lowest ranked running back that we've discussed so far? Swift, uh, Javante, and now James Connor.
3: Uh, yes, he should be. Um, you know, just based on how matchups should go. And look, he was great in what. I thought was a tough matchup against Pittsburgh, but clearly that's not the case. And he destroyed them um, with the two touchdowns and 100 yards rushing. So you know he's going to get the the carries. The, the passing down work has always been a question for him this season. And he has been a little bit more involved catching the ball lately. Uh, I want to see what the receiving core looks like for the Cardinals because going into the bye, Marquise Brown had a heel injury, Michael Wilson still not playing with the shoulder injury. And so if he doesn't have those two guys, then I think Connor's role in the passing game will probably – tick up a little bit to what degree we'll find out but obviously san francisco's defense has been amazing um hopefully Greenlaw from their side plays you know to you know keep that defense rolling so i don't think connor's a slam dunk um i'd start swift over him i'd start williams over him i think both those guys have a higher ceiling i
4: i've got him behind those guys i have all three of them within like half of a point in my ppr projections so I, i do think it's really close here's a fun you'll especially enjoy this adam okay James Conner averaged 4.2 yards per carry in that great game against the Steelers a couple weeks ago. Uh That that was his lowest yards per carry in a game this season.
0: It's been good. It's it's, He does not have a game below 4.2 yards per carry. That's actually really impressive. Really impressive. Good for him. Uh, How much
2: work is he going to get if the 49ers build a lead?
0: Right. That's so concerning.
2: It might not even be 15 touches, and that's what scares me off Conner.
0: So also just saw that uh, Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito are the AFC and NFC Players of the Week uh, from wow. last week. And uh, someone said this. This is not the first person who's to say this. Adam looks like DeVito's agent without the hat and chain. Do you think I look like that guy? Like could Sean you Spallotta? get the hat and chain? I could. Someone said that should be my Halloween costume. That was a, um, ridiculous. That would be
4: fantastic. I, I guess I'll say this, even though it's kind of embarrassing. I did put in a couple claims in deeper leagues for Zach Wilson, just because if he looks like it, kind of looked like something clicked last week, and if he looks like that again this week, he faces Washington next week. That's yeah, right. Totally. I'm probably not going to start him, but I don't necessarily want to f- face him if I'm playing somebody like Dave, who's been rotating through Tommy DeVito and Joe Flacco and Jake Browning in our YOLO league. I don't want to leave a guy like Zach Wilson out there just in case. I'm going Ill- to
3: have an illegal lineup again. He does. He does. I, I I've
4: already uh, addressed the it, issue. Uh, and, and John Bosch, I forgot has a great solution for this. He gives a warning. And then if the warning is not heated, there's a website called 100 yard dash, and you can enter in people's names and have them run a race. And so he will just enter in all the players on your team into the 100 yard dash, and whoever wins the race gets dropped. I like that.
2: <laughs> why would you? Why would you adjust my roster before it needs to be adjusted? B-
4: because you refu- you're you're breaking the rule
0: continually. You're you're hoarding players from other managers. I'm ho- I have one
2: extra player on my team. You, why does this that? Is why does the that the I won that somebody before Thursday when my lineup goes legal?
0: I mean, I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because I have Josh Palmer in a few leagues and I know I have to drop him and I haven't dropped him yet. Wait, is he on your IR? Yeah, he's on my IR. Yeah, I uh, But... Dave's the, Dave's the, Dave's Dave's bad at this. Okay, uh, wide receivers. Uh, well, he's mad because he's wrong. <laughs> well, he's right in the sense that he doesn't have to do it until Thursday. I
2: don't. Uh, the, the rules of our league state that I don't have to do it until game. No, start. there's no that says it states that. Start.
4: The commissioners told you repeatedly that you do have to do it before Thursday.
2: Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> you should do what you do to everybody else who has a problem with fantasy cops and kick me out of the league. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, easier said than done, kicking people out of the league. All right, wide receivers, just because we're running a little long here, I'm going to lump these wide receivers together. Jamar Chase against Minnesota, Adam Thielen against Atlanta, Drake London in that same game at Carolina, and Amari Cooper against Chicago. These are actually tough matchups, really. Um, I mean, maybe you could argue Atlanta, but Atlanta's kind of had a sneaky good defense this year. But Jamar Chase, Adam Thielen, Drake London, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Jamie, do you feel like we have uh, any non-tough calls there? Any easy calls there?
3: I'm not starting Thielen. Still, at best, the number three receiver. Um, it's very difficult to sit Jamar Chase, even though he has two bad games and one good one with Jake Browning. Uh, I actually like Amari Cooper this week. I just like the fact that he's getting as many targets as he has been from from Joe Flacco, so... To me, he's a safe number two wide receiver. And then, was there anybody else? Yeah, London. Oh, London I would try and get away from. He's just been much better at home than on the road. And the Panthers, for whatever it's worth, they just don't give a lot of production in passing games. So, uh, starter in three-receiver leagues, not a must-start guy in two-receiver leagues.
0: Chase is the really interesting one to me here. It's like, I understand he's going to be a start for most people. You don't want to leave that potential on the bench. But they are running the ball a lot with Jake Browning. He's he's barely throwing. Obviously, he's got the super low A dot. Throwing to the running backs a decent amount, and uh, let's see, Minnesota in their last ten games, only four receivers have more than sixty-six yards against them. Um, they haven't faced the toughest competition, but I thought that was pretty impressive.
4: Anyway, yeah, Ch- yeah, Chase is the one that I'm just starting and not not thinking about. For me, London, Thielen, and Cooper are all in that. 25 to 30 range at wide
0: receiver. But did chase crack your top 12? No, no, he might be 13. Okay. Right. So, you know, I don't have any chase teams, but I know my wife does and she'll be sitting him for Debo and like one other stud. I forget. Uh, so uh, you could not be in those situations. Obviously like we wouldn't expect Jamar chase at this point in the season to be outside the top 12. He's not a slam dunk. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, Dallas Goddard. I want to give your thoughts on Dallas Goddard. We have him as a a tough call at Seattle. Seattle, middle of the pack against tight ends. Been kind of bad lately. Um, Goddard had, what, four targets last week. So, Dave, is Dallas Goddard a tough call for you?
2: A little bit of a tough call. He's a low-end start because I, I can't say that he's definitely going to be a big part of their game planning at Seattle. It would make so much sense just going back to Swift and thinking it through. They've talked about – Jamie mentioned this. They talked about running the ball more and being better with the run. Wouldn't that make Goddard more of a blocker than a route runner this week? And so it makes me nervous to trust him. He's outside of my top ten. He's at 11. He's ahead of Isaiah Likely. That's when I could see myself switching because I just have no faith in the Jaguars' pass defense uh, on, on Sunday night against Baltimore.
4: This is a guy whose fantasy points per game, um, or I wouldn't say it's misleading, but he's averaging like almost right at ten PPR fantasy points per game. He has topped ten twice all season long,
0: right in ten games.
4: Like he's played ten games, eight of them he's been single
0: digit fantasy points. Yeah, two games with more than fifty yards this year for Goddard. The question for me is. Do I want to try to stream? Or do I drop Goddard? do I roster? Likely is the ends? only one that you're streaming over him. Yeah. Uh, but am I how how confident do you feel in that? Not at all. But I do it.
3: What'd you say, Jamie? Not likely confident. <laughs> I I would start
4: likely, but I don't I don't feel confident in it. No, that's why it's a tough call.
3: Yeah, no, I think Dave said it. You know, matchup is certainly in his favor. Um I think the one thing with with Goddard is how much of last week was you know the shake the rust off game after the long layoff and just knowing that you know he i mean this was the problem all season long for him and we said it in the preseason that it's like the 49ers you know when you have a talented team like this there's going to be a numbers crunch and somebody's going to get left out and right now Goddard is uh is getting left out a little bit or, or at least last week was getting left out so um yeah I, I, he's not a slam dunk by any stretch you know if you have if you've played Ferguson, you're playing Ferguson, Comet, you're playing Komet. Obviously, Njoku and Ingram. So there's there's no there's no real, I think, slam dunk situation for 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 Goddard. But you know, to say you'd be playing the replacements that you've had, you know, the Gerald Everett's, the Tyler Conklins, the Kate Otten's, he's better than those guys, or at least should be.
0: Yeah. Okay. And uh he did play his normal snaps. You're Playing eighty four percent of the snaps last week, so Sometimes guys come back like, uh, well, no, Olave's not a case of that. Olave was sick. Olave only played two-thirds of the snap. Some guys, sometimes guys come back from injury. They don't play their full snaps here. That wasn't the case. But there still could have been some rust shaken off for sure. Okay, Los Angeles. Oh, Dave, it's time for Thursday Night Football. na 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 na, na. Ah, Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Stat of the game, you know, I uh, talked about this on Beyond the Box score on Monday. There are a number of wide receivers who are outside the top 20 in points per game who feel kind of like must-starts, like Chris Olave, Devontae Adams is one of them. That's where I'm going with this. And they, they a lot of them have the same thing in common. Amari Cooper's one. They just don't catch touchdowns. And Devontae Adams caught three touchdowns in his first three games. He has one touchdown catch since then. And Aiden O'Connell... Has three touchdown catches in his last uh, th- touchdown passes in his last five starts since taking over J- Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, we've been talking about tough calls. Adams, it feels like, is a little limited by the fact that he pretty much never catches touchdowns. Heath, is Devontae Adams a tough call for you in, in this game against the Chargers?
4: If we're calling a, num- a top 15 wide receiver a tough call, then I think he, he is. He's right around 15 to 18 for me in the rankings, and which seems awfully high for a tough call, but I don't feel great about it. Um, I think it's he's probably going to score somewhere in that 12 to 13 range, and you hope he scores a touchdown.
0: Would you guys start the surging Rashi Rice or Devontae Adams? Rice. Still Adams for me. I
2: believe I have Rice higher.
0: Would you start Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams? Chase. Chase. Okay. Uh, in this I'd game, also start Keenan Allen, Allen over Devontae Adams. That's my next question. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Do you, do you guys think that they have big games? How likely nope. is it that they have big games, Allen and Adams?
3: I mean, you just made the case why Adams might not have a big game and Keenan Allen's got Easton stick now as his quarterback. So look, they're, they're not playing the best defenses in the world. So that's the hope is that, you know, certainly from Adams perspective, we've seen a lot of big plays against the chargers. So hopefully that's where he comes to play. Like I, again, I think it's, it's similar to what we were talking about with some of these other receivers you have to have a very stacked lineup to bench a Devonta Adams, to bench a Keenan Allen, just because of what they are still capable of doing. And as Heath kind of said, you know, the, the floor has been there for Adams, even with the bad quarterback, you know, 12 to 14 points is kind of where he's been the last three weeks. So why would that necessarily change facing this defense? So I don't love him. Uh, as you see, I'm the, uh, if you're watching our, our stream, I'm the lowest on Devonte Adams, but he's still a number two wide receiver. So Rice, I would start over him, you know, the, the, the touchdown dependent, Cortland Sutton, I start over him. Um, both Rams guys, I start over him. Amari Cooper, I start over him. DeAndre Hopkins, I start over him. Um, I don't know how, how far you want to go, but that's, that's, that's kind good. of where it is for me.
0: So who's the best flex option in this game? It's such a shame. You know, you think about this game with Eckler, Jacobs, Adams, Keenan Allen, in theory, Herbert, what what could have been, this could have been a great fantasy game to kick off the fantasy playoffs. It doesn't look like that. Dave, is there anyone in this game that you love?
2: The DSTs? The sleepers? <laughs> Probably not. You don't even love them. They're just sleepers. I don't even love them. Look, I, I think you can trust Austin Eckler. Uh, I like the matchup for Eckler. I like how he looked last week. I think he's playing a little bit better, and I think Easton Stick will be good for Austin Eckler. And I think Easton Stick proved by the end of last week's game that he's not the worst passer in the world and that he can be solid for them. So Keenan Allen's downgraded, but he's still going to get a lot of targets. He's still going to be Keenan Allen. So those two are the guys I like the most. Devontae Adams, for me, is no better than a low-end receiver, too. And that's really about it. The only guys I would say are like sleepers are the DSTs.
0: Okay.
4: I'd go Allen Adams-Eckler is my top three.
0: Okay, so that implies to me that you're a little low on Eckler. Yeah,
4: I think I was the one who submitted him as the tough call, and I might be the only one who thinks that he's a tough call. Um, And I do think it's a good matchup in terms of dump-off passes, because that's what the Raiders give up. But it's just hard. as I I know he had a 100-yard game, exactly 100 yards, I believe, last week. Um, and so I, maybe he's back but as bad as he's been for most of the last 4 or 5 weeks and this raiders team did just face a backup quarterback and play a 3-0 game in, <laughs> for the entire game then they've been better defensively since the coaching change so i i think this like i think the implied total right now for the chargers is 15 and a half so I don't love Eckler's touchdown chances, and he is still going to split. Like, the 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 lower percentage of the touchdowns thing happened. He just caught a few more passes.
0: Yeah. Fair. Uh, you guys are all starting Zeke over Eckler?
3: Yes. Uh,
0: no. Uh, Dave and Jamie have them back-to-back with Eckler one spot ahead. Heath has Zeke fourth. Maybe <laughs> we should have talked about him today. Um all right, how about Eckler or Cooper Cup? Echler. I like Cup a lot. Uh, cup. Eckler or Travis Etienne against the Ravens?
3: Eckler. Eckler and PTR.
0: All right, so Dave and Jamie have Eckler around 12th. Heath has him a little bit lower, like 16th. Uh, and then we talked about Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. I don't know that there's anything else in this game. How about a tight end? Gerald Everett, he's been all right lately.
3: Not with Stick and with Palmer back. Rather, no. I've got her. All
0: right. Uh, What? right. Let's talk about the Raiders running back. Sorry. If Josh Jacobs somehow plays, how much would you like him? And then if not, any interest in Abdullah or White?
2: Jacobs might be my favorite play in the game. If he comes back, but he's got to get in some practice and all that stuff first. Uh, I would like him quite a bit. Uh, if he doesn't play, I would imagine it's Zamir White on rushing downs, Abdullah on passing downs, and don't really love either one of those guys. Abdullah would be the desperation play, especially in PPR.
0: All right. Yeah. Try to avoid them. I'm not gonna drag this out anymore. That's it for Thursday night football, Dave na 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 yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back, we got the Fantasy Cops. We got some Dynasty talk and your emails at at
1: cbsi.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official Or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: It is Fantasy Cops time, baby. We've got one from Mike. He says, Dear Kevin, Ralphie, Clark, and Buddy. Very easy, guys. This is a layup. Yeah. Christmas movie characters. Yes, thank you. 12 no th- John in there, or Hans. Oh, get out of town. 12-team league. I snuck into the playoffs as the sixth seed. Our waivers go by invo- inverse order of standings. Since I'm in the last playoff spot, I should have the first waiver claim. I put in a claim for Zeke, uh, but I wake up in the morning to find out that the team that's in seventh place and out of the playoffs put in a waiver claim and blocked me from getting Zeke. I ended up with Ty Chandler. There is no written rule, but anybody who plays fantasy should know that this is a violation. Though not a large payout, there is still prize money involved. What do I do?
3: So the team out of the playoffs made a waiver claim? Yep. Get him, Heath. You just reverse the waivers, and you get Zeke. Good job,
4: Heath. You should. Um, Although he... He did say there's no like. I assume this has been a league has been going for a while, and he said there's no rule against teams adding. Is
0: there a toilet bowl? It doesn't seem like it. But also, what do you do with Ty Chandler? He got Ty Chandler. I, he may not have gotten him. You just they, they, to, he can just you hold
4: him until re- hold him until Sunday at <laughs> eight p.m. and then and then no, drop him at Thursday
2: no at eight p.m.
0: No, no, but seriously, I mean, I I just ran into this problem in the podcast league. I don't know. You guys probably didn't notice the four of us, we all missed the freaking playoffs of the podcast. Like that's bad. Um, I had a terrible year. I, I yeah. So what was I going to say? Yeah. Somebody in eighth place, put in a bid, which pissed me off. Why'd you do that? I just sent a note out. I said, if you're out of the playoffs, don't put in a that. Bid. That's an
4: easy one. It's when, when it's been communicated or when it's clearly a rule, it's very, very easy.
0: Yeah. I'm going to put, it was Parker Washington. I'm going to put him back on waivers Uh you know, up for bid. Um, thankfully he's not playing on Thursday. But this is a little bit more difficult because I don't know what to do with Ty Chandler. I mean, there's no, Ezekiel Elliott should go to this guy. What you have to do, I think, is provide a screenshot that shows your waiver claim for Zeke. And if, you know, because it, it didn't get accepted, hopefully you have a screenshot of it. If you now, can do that, then you get him.
4: Yeah, I, it should have been communicated before. because It's really, really messy if this guy's the commissioner and they've never had this issue before. And now he's going to make this change for himself. I is is the move not. to
2: show that you should get Zeke because you put in a claim form, or should it be the commissioner just takes Zeke off the team and Zeke goes back up to claim, and you reset the waiver order? So you just basically have to make well, the claim again. To get Zeke. Yeah, right. You could either that. way. You're getting either way. You should have Zeke, no
0: questions asked. I just think that the the Ty Chandler thing is a conundrum at this
3: point because that yeah. he's, he wants both.
0: No, he wanted Zeke, but he got Chandler. So what if the team that was neck behind him he in the waiver?
3: He just put everybody
0: back. I put him out back. All right. Yeah, maybe that's what. you Yeah, said. there you go. That's easy. All right, good job. I could have said we could have said that five minutes ago. I would have saved a lot of time. We did. I did. Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. All right, from Richie. Hey, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Uh, I'll Google it. Twelve-team Superflex Dynasty League. Me and another guy were both on the edge of making the playoffs. 101 in the rookie draft is given to the winner of the consolation bracket. We decided to tank and remove players from our lineup to get into the consolation bracket to compete for 101. There are no rules in our bylaws that prevent tanking or starting an illegal or empty lineup. We were successful and both have a buy in the consolation bracket. Some other owners were not happy and called our tactics, quote, Bush League, and that we should, quote, take a real loss like a man, end quote. LOL. What? Where do you guys stand on this strategy?
4: You should update your bylaws. <laughs> Nothing wrong with taking a dynasty, but you should have rules that reflect it.
2: Now that's spoken like the perfect dynasty league commissioner.
0: Okay, I I email I googled Adam Dave Jamie and Heath and the only thing that came up is our show. I thought maybe there be something.
2: No, I just sent you a link of something that came up.
0: What What is it?
2: Click it. It's on YouTube.
0: What? This is gonna be.
2: Is Dave sending porn again? (laughs) No, no, no. It's on YouTube. It's totally safe (laughs) for work. Weird. This isn't like last time.
0: All right. This is from Mark. Dear Carson Boomer and Joe. Oh, sorry. Carson Boomer and Joe. Uh, yeah, that's the Sports Talk Radio. I'm in a 10-team league where four teams make the playoffs. The top three seeds are locked. The fourth seed is up for grabs. The current fourth seed is in a close matchup with someone who is not making the playoffs and is playing Aaron Jones, who did not play Monday night. By the way, I believe this was written on Monday. All right. right before the game, the commissioner, who's the current number one seed, <laughs> texted him, and told him to take Aaron Jones out. Remember, this is the current four seed, um, because he's not playing. And he did this, and he picked up and started Tajay Spears. Uh, he only did this when a few members of the league who have a play- who have playoff implications reached out to him about this. The question is, should the commissioner have texted and told the manager to adjust his lineup and take out Aaron Jones? Even though there have been multiple instances this year when people didn't start someone, and the commissioner did not step in. The team that is striving for the last place spot is, is arguing that since he did not reach out to people during the year multiple times when people did not start anyone, the commissioner had no right to reach out to someone at this time of year.
3: I would agree with it's that. Like, it's like uh, Kadarius Tony's offsides. like, when do you call it? When do you decide to call it? <laughs> um, I don't have a problem with it.
0: You don't have a problem with the commissioner telling this guy to take Jones out of the lineup? I do. You, you literally change people's lineups for them. So that's a little different. That's a tanking thing where they have an illegal lineup based on our tanking rules. In this particular case, I don't want to influence who's getting into the playoffs by being selective about when I'm telling teams to put active players in. You either have to do it all the time or you do it never. Because he's right. If you, you play that team... And you or know, it's just a
4: commissioner thing. Like, what if the two seed had sent right. the person a text? This is where I was or the three seed, the yeah. people who were fighting for it. I think it's I've it's I've definitely eventually. texted people and said, Hey, I know this doesn't matter to you, but could you please set a lineup this week?
2: We had a situation in my keeper league where my brother in law kept Taysom Hill in at tight end and David Njoku was on his bench, and my brother in law's out of it. He, he has no chance of making the playoffs, and it affected his game. He would have won if he had started Njoku. And the guy that he played is in the playoffs, and the guy who was in a different matchup is out because of my brother-in-law's move. And the commissioner didn't reach out to him, which I agree with. I don't think the commissioner should be a babysitter. I think the commissioner should be a commissioner. Yeah. And uh, but if if there was somebody else in the league that was like, "Hey, man, I noticed that you've got, you know, Taysom Hill in your lineup. He's not going to play. Would you mind making a switch? It'll help us both." I'm okay with that. That's part of the game.
0: Yeah, I feel like you can't you can't police that first of all.
2: Of course not. But if the commissioner is going to be babysitter and then go on and like cha- it, heaven forbid the commissioner changes lineups for people. No, that shouldn't happen. That's even worse. But the commission it's- shouldn't be a babysitter. The commission should set the rules. When the rules are broken, he steps in. When there's another problem, he solves it fairly, and that's that. And That's uh, not know, a commentary on what we talked about earlier. No,
0: it, it, and also it shouldn't be commentary on me and the Dynasty League because basically it's all <laughs> Schneier's fault. Schneier screws up every lineup. Right. and then Pass I Pass the fuck, Adam. Time. All right, thank you for the Fantasy Cop submissions. Let's talk a little Dynasty here and not about the Bake Burger Dynasty League. Uh, Dynasty quarterback. Actually, I swear, Heath, I, this is a legitimate topic. I don't want this to come off as a, as a, a dig or a troll.
4: No, I, I, am going to take it completely and entirely only as a dig and a troll.
0: Okay, fine. You <laughs> drafted this juggernaut team in the bake Burger Dynasty League. Uh-huh. We thought there's no even point in competing this year. He's got Cooper Cup and Travis Kelsey and Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, and he drafted Justin Fields with his first pick of a super flex league, and this uh, everything went wrong for you. Uh huh. Right. And you didn't tank, so you have what I think the fourth pick in the draft. I have the fourth pick. Yeah. What did this teach you, if anything, about a win-now strategy with older players? It's, it didn't teach
4: me anything. It's inherently risky. Um, you just have to recognize that risk. And especially if you don't enjoy the rebuild as much as I do, you shouldn't do it. Because I am very, very content in Dynasty to either be contending for the one seed or contending for the one pick. There are a lot of people who would much rather just try to fight for that sixth seed. And it has its merit because we see six seeds win championships every year across our leagues. It's just a philosophical thing. Some people hate the idea of going through a two-year tank. Um, I really enjoy it, so I'm okay with it. But it's just philosophically you've got to make sure you're okay with the downside of it. And I've got the fourth pick. I picked up some young guys. I'm
2: not missing any picks from next year. I still feel okay. All right, You should. It's a good situation. And no one wants to be in the middle. Like if you ask anybody. Well, some people are okay, okay with it. I need,
0: but I'm I don't know if anybody really <laughs> yeah.
2: likes floating between, you know, being the sixth seed
3: or just missing the playoffs for like
2: three years in a row in a dynasty league.
3: Yeah, I, I read like it. It depends on Got what it. your situation is. Like if you're ending up finishing fourth through six because, you know, you've had two key injuries or one key injury mm-hmm. or something that's, you know, caused your team to not succeed but the roster you built going into it was was championship caliber. You just you know, oh, I should have made this trade, or I should have, you know, uh, I, missed this free agent pickup, or whatever the case may be. But if that continues to happen, then you have to you know make some self evaluation. But I, I think in case of, you know, if if you're if you're competing to just make the playoffs, and you know that's been your issue for the last several years, then yes, it's time to blow it up.
4: I I have tried very hard in multiple leagues to try to get people to see the things the way you are talking about them, Dave, and people who are obviously not contenders in my mind, but maybe could find the sixth seed, trying to get them to sell parts for picks and having no luck or trying people who are in the five or six centers yet, trying to get them to take veterans for picks. Yeah. It, yeah. Some Actually, people just do about that. are not that interested in going either direction. They're, but that's they're the beauty of
2: dynasty, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on their team and, you know, every year you've got to go back and look at your dining dynasty rosters and say, OK, can I contend next year? And if you look at the roster and you're not even sure that then you can't. That's a no. You have to be really sure that you can contend in order to move forward like a contender.
0: Right, it's that self-evaluation that Jamie talked about. All right, let's talk about it's dynasty quarterback uh, risers and fallers here. And Heath, who are some of the recent risers.
2: Uh, Two guys
4: I've got rising, Justin Fields and Brock Purdy. And I think for Fields, and Chris and I talked about this on the Dynasty show yesterday with both these guys, but Fields in particular – I just don't believe, even if the Bears draft a quarterback as bad as the quarterback play has been in the NFL this season, that Justin Fields is not going to be a starter somewhere. And he's reminded us over the last month that when he's a starter and he has a coaching staff that's not trying to make him a pocket passer, he's a top five or six fantasy starter. So he was in that, eh, I'm not. could things go really bad a month ago? And I, I the, the boat's been steadied a little bit.
2: He could even end up in a better situation next year. Atlanta, please get to Atlanta with with new coaching stuff. They're
4: going to release a statement saying they're not interested in Justin Fields.
0: <laughs> so Remember when they did that with Lamar Jackson. Why, yeah. why, uh, yeah. What kind of feedback did you get when you asked on Twitter? Uh, make the case for for Lawrence over Purdy in Dynasty.
4: Mostly Lawrence backers who were really mad at me for asking the question. <laughs> and who do you have
0: ahead, Purdy or Lawrence? And
4: I have I have Purdy currently ahead of Lawrence. Um, I understand, uh, I got a lot of responses about he's tall and his hair. (laughs) Um, and then a lot of responses that Purdy's not going to have four great weapons forever. But I think with Lauren, it's, it's just, you really have to believe in the profile and just ignore the fantasy production. The first basically three years of his career, because so far he's been basically a replacement level fantasy quarterback the last two years. OK, Uh, let's you know, go to one our, quarterback league.
0: Yeah, let's go to our uh, dynasty quarterback fallers. Uh, w-
4: Trevor Lawrence, I think. Oh, well, these aren't the, as interesting, although I've got to, uh I don't know what to do with him. He's bounced from seven to 12, and he's currently 12 right now. But I think in r- relation to fields, I really it shocked me to see that he's just averaging 20 fantasy points per game this season and he's not a top-12 quarterback right now. And when is the situation ever going to be better than it is right now for
0: Tua Tonga What did he average last year? Had to be more than 20. Well, he kept leaving games early and stuff, but...
4: It, you could age or stat it to a big number, but...
0: I mean, I feel like he was... He, he was awesome last year when he was healthy, but he, he he never rushes. He never scores a rushing touchdown. So, it's, uh, it's weird. And I think people are wondering, is Tua good... People don't really know. I feel like people don't really know how to feel about Tua as a quarterback. I, he could be just a product of the system and the
3: talent around him. I mean, he's he's obviously good. There's no question about that. He's definitely benefited. Put him, up, put him from on the Giants.
0: It. How good do you think he is? Well,
3: Not as good as he is. with I that. think he's
0: crap. I think he's crap on the Giants.
3: Oh well, I mean, look. What's Brock Purdy on the Giants? What's Trevor Lawrence on the Giants? I mean, you know, wasn't a lot of a lot of players they, might when they be don't have great. Yeah. A lot of quarterbacks that don't have great players around them are, are not very good. I mean, um, I'm trying to think like, what what, what would Mahomes' career have been like if he got drafted to the Bears?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah, it's a good call. He wouldn't be a two-time Super Bowl champ.
3: So, look, there's there, there's obviously a benefit to great coaching and great great talent around you, and and two is a byproduct of that. I mean, we've we've said this about a lot of players when they've gotten these receivers. You know, Jalen Hurts popped when he got AJ Brown. Josh Allen popped when he got Stefan Diggs. I mean, you know, that's the, the nature of what these situations are. But um yes, Tua's good. Is, uh, is, is I, I think great? Tua's is good. Elite? Yes. Yeah, is right. he elite. Um yeah, this this is this is as good a situation as any quarterback can have. And he's not he's taking advantage of it, but he's not necessarily dominated in it.
2: Would you guys <laughs> rather have Purdy or Tua? I think Purdy's gonna be in San Francisco for a long time.
3: I don't think Tua's is leaving Miami. The problem is, is like, yes, he's Tua's got better talent around, excuse me, uh, Purdy's got better talent around him. The problem is, is that when they eventually have to pay Purdy, McCaffrey's going to be at that point in his career where it's probably starting to hit the yeah. downside. Are, are they going to pay Ayuk this maybe year? The same for yeah, but they could pay Ayuk right now because Purdy's on such a you know, cheap deal. So oh. they can keep this intact.
0: Yeah. This is a tough one. I think I'd rather have.
4: I think, I'd well, I think a nice tiebreaker is you, you with with the schedule's rest of season, you'd definitely rather have Purdy rest of season, right?
2: Oh, hell yeah. And yeah, you'd probably rather year, have Purdy I mean, next year. But for Dynasty, it, I think it's an interesting dilemma. Uh,
3: I, w- I would lean Purdy.
0: Yeah. All right, let's read some of your emails. Some questions about lineup decisions for Fantasy Week 15. From Donovan in a town west of Culver City, California.
2: It's hard to get west of Culver City, California. Let's go with Let's go with uh, Waikiki, there
0: go. Uh, Dear Polly, Jimmy, Henry, and Tommy.
3: Oh, I don't know. Good Goodfellas.
0: Oh yeah, I think so. Choose two PPR flex and tight end. Uh, well, first of all, tight end likely or Ferguson.
2: Ferg Ferguson
0: Ferguson, and then Odell. Hollywood Brown, Ty Chandler. I suppose you could put Likely in there as well. Odell, Likely, Hollywood Brown, and Ty Chandler pick two.
3: Chandler and Odell. Yeah, and if...
4: I mean, I guess Madison could still play, right? Yep. If
2: I, have
3: he, I, like, I have Likely in full PPR with Odell.
4: It, I think if Madison plays, I'd probably just go Likely.
3: And Beckham. Yeah, I mean, then you're tying yourself to two, two Ravens, which not bad, as we saw last week, but could be. Yeah, maybe I should diversify. Uh, no, I would, I would start both Ravens. I would start both Ravens if if Madison plays. Madison's out. Oh, oh yeah. His right. Jacksonville Madison defense has been a disaster.
0: Yeah, it has. All right, uh, from Aaron. Uh, these, Aaron? Aaron? No, no, no. It's only Eric. I need to start three of these five wide receivers. Amonra St. Brown, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Chris Olave, Rushi Rice, pick three.
3: Uh, Amara St Brown, Moore, and Olave. That's how I have it ranked. I would
4: go Amanra St Brown, Moore, and Chase.
0: Any hesitation with Moore against the Browns?
3: No, none.
0: Okay. Not really. This is from Mike in St Louis. Ten team PPR. I need two running backs and a flex. Kamara, Brees Hall, Achan, James Connor, <laughs> Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. Pick two of them.
3: The first two running backs.
0: Kamara and Hall. Yeah. Kamara and Zeke. All right, and then for your flex, you've got Achan Connor, Aaron Jones, either Zeke or Hall or Chris Olave
3: against the Giants. Hall. Elliot. Uh, yeah, Elliot. Yeah. So, so the, we chose the, the same three three running guys. backs either yeah. way.
0: Okay. Can you help me out with a tough one from Matthew here? Keaton Mitchell, Antonio Gibson, Ty Chandler, or Jerry Judy PPR.
3: Gibson. If there's no Robinson.
0: Yeah. I thought you liked Chandler better.
3: Yeah. But well, if Robinson plays, then you like yeah. Chandler. If, uh, if everybody's out, I'll take Chandler over Gibson.
0: Okay, and then you can make your decision based on the availability of Madison or if Madison plays, you go to Gibson. If Robinson plays, it's easy; you go to Chandler. But if Madison, okay, and then let me ask you this: if Madison and Robinson both play, Mitchell, Keaton, Mitchell,
3: it's PPR. Yeah, I go Gibson. All right. Washington against the Rams this week.
0: All right, that's it for today's show. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Starter sit for the AFC home games. Have a good one.